Welcome to Pleasurably Ever After, a podcast about sex, relationships, and sexuality. What's up, everybody? You know, it's funny, like, we sit here for an hour trying to think of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, we're just like, so, so how do we open this? How do we start? How do we start? There is no start. So this is our intro. We're just saying, hi. Hey. Welcome. But yeah, w- welcome back. I know it hasn't been a year. No. It's only been a month. We've been <laughs> on a semi-appropriate timeline. You know. We, I mean, we didn't, we, we did, we did go like a whole month without doing anything. But to be fair, there was a heck of a lot of holidays. We had Christmas, New Year's, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, three Christmases, three Christmases. Like, holy hell! No, it's been a, it's been a busy month, and unfortunately, I only have a couple days left before I have to go back to work. I know I'm gonna miss you. I don't want you to go back at all, but I also know that we need money to survive. So it's a very conflicting time to be your wife. It's a very give and take thing. <laughs> but we've been making good use of our time. We've been really social this time. No, we have. It's it's been good because. We missed out on that while you've been working so hard this past year. No, we have. And now look at us. We have events every fucking weekend till the end of time now, it seems. Right? Except for your period weekend. We just so casually are able to, <laughs> to you know, like, be like, all right, cool. So this is probably the time of beyond. Let's just not do anything that time. Let's, that's me and I you hang it. out. I track it. Shout out Ovia. <laughs> like, so, but no, we have a lot of stuff going on. So that bodes pretty well for you all because then you get to hear stories instead of just like what our boring ass life is like well, when we're not partying. some stories we're never gonna totally I'm not gonna kiss, kiss and, and I'm tell. not gonna kiss and tell but you know. If something exciting happens maybe we'll talk about it without naming names. Already some exciting stuff definitely happened but yeah, did. I'm uh, I'm keeping it a little bit more hush hush <laughs> She is I'm a keeping it, Keeping it closer to my chin <laughs> Your chin. Or my heart. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's heart. Yeah, probably. Keeping it close to your heart. Isn't that a saying, though? Keep it close to your chin? I don't think so. Like when you're boxing, right? You you keep, like, I don't know, block your face. I don't know. (laughs) You're the Rocky guy. You're the one who always has a quote from Rocky to fulfill the moment. So I thought you would know. I should know, but I don't. Anyway, we're getting completely off topic here. Um Speaking of topic, what is the topic, Bobby? The topic for the day is da, 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 BDSM. Woo! Probably one of the more broad spectrum things that we could talk about. Yeah, and I actually remember before we took our extended break, we asked everybody like what they wanted to hear about, and this was a pretty popular one. A few people said that they wanted to hear this one, so... Here we are, giving this, it to you. This is going to be like episode one of like 18,000, because BDSM is everything. Really. Yeah, like, it, it, to us especially, it's a very broad topic. I mean, if you guys listened to episode one, if you're just joining now, me and Bobby met on a BDSM website. That's like how our love story started. So What a beautiful love it is. Right? Oh, give me a kiss. 
God, way to fucking be weird. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's so like our plan today is I'm uh, not to spoil what you're gonna hear in the next hour. Excuse me, it's just kind of give like the the cliff notes of what BDSM is, like some of the more bigger activities, bigger words, vocabularies, and stuff that you should know going into the BDSM world. I think it's a good way to like kind of get started with it. Absolutely. Just the basics and then we will shoot off in a many a different episode. So if you feel like we didn't cover something, don't worry. We're probably going to cover it. We probably know we didn't cover it, but it's just like there's only so much you can fit into this next hour and I'm just wasting even more time rambling around about it. So let's get it started. But I, I do want to say one thing before we get started oh, is okay. if you do have something that you want us want to hear us talk about, like any specific avenue of it, please like let us know, like reach out, let us know, be like, oh, hey, I would love to hear a topic on this or I'd love to hear a topic on this. Okay, fair. So with that being said, what does BDSM stand for? Right. So BDSM stands for bondage it's for b bondage is for b uh discipline or domination which is the d uh you say that one because i always mess it up sadism and masochism which is the s and the M. m so that's what the acronym is so now i guess we'll take it from the top and we'll dive deeper Dive, dive deeper into dive. the world of bondage to start. Yeah, dive deeper into the world of bondage. So the bondage aspect of BDSM is is definitely like a subculture of like the consensual practice of like restraint and tying, binding, uh using ropes, handcuffs, whatever, robe ties, uh, gags, gags. There's, there's so many things that you can restrain someone with. So like bondage is really like the act of restraining a partner. Yes. And it or can, yourself or yourself. Um, and it can be used for sexual purposes, erotic purposes, aesthetic purposes, or sensory purposes. Yeah. I, I love like the artistic side of, of bondage, so more like there's two terms we're going to give you here in a second. Um, but shibari is one of them, which is a very artistic display of rope work, yes, deck mainly bondage in a decorative sense, yeah. Um, and that is a part of a greater subculture, which is and I hope I'm saying this right, uh, kinbaku, which is Japanese bondage. So it means tight binding. Yes, uh, that's what the word means. So it, it's the type of bondage. Like I mean, like I said, there's, like, there's an artistic, there's a practical use to it. Yes. Um, some people love to be tied up. I'm very, very, very much a rookie when it comes to rope. I'm trying. I try. My problem is, is I always end up getting stoned. And then like one thing that you don't want to do, don't want to practice bondage while you're under the influence absolutely not that's one of the big no-nos when you know you're looking up guides that's one of the first things they tell you make that sure that shears. you are you have safety shears in case anything goes wrong especially if you're using rope or you know something that can be very tight you want to be aware of uh any health concerns the person that you're tying yeah uh, like, has. like poor blood circulation is a big one absolutely like, 
you got to watch out for like those sensitive areas. But it can start something as simple as like cuffs on a wrist. Yeah. Uh, you can get into like the chest harness. You can get into the hair tie. Mm-hmm. Down. I, I mean, you can find books and videos and and everything. Like, and then for like the really experienced, there's like the full on rope suspension. Rope suspension. <laughs> I mean, but that can get even crazier. That can yeah. get into like the meat hook suspension with the rope. And yeah. But it's. I swear to God, it's some of the most beautiful art you'll ever see because it's real human art mm-hmm. and everything. And just like seeing it in person, which I have. I've seen a suspension before. I've seen like As really really yeah. decorative art and stuff. It's so fucking cool. It is so cool. And I think um, if you're a member on Fat Life, um, there's a couple profiles that usually end up on the Explore page. Used to be called Kinky and Popular. Um, and they do, they combine um, like the decorative rope with decorative knots. And they make like these, remember the ones that make like the corsets? Yeah. Completely out of rope or full on outfits or combine them with like silk flowers and orchids and stuff. Uh, you're right. I have never seen anything more artistic and beautiful and the way they use different colored ropes almost to paint like a canvas on somebody's body no absolutely and it's 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 one of those things where like you just have to see it to know what we're talking about because you can look at it and you can just think like a fucking google it you can look at like a fucking hog tie and be like well that's rope yeah google google it (laughs) the actual like artistic side of it and like what some people can do what i hope to one day if i continue to practice and be able to do is this beautiful art piece. Right. And they have conventions all over the world. They used to have... I know someone who just went to a Shibari convention, like a Shibari show, yeah. just like a few weeks ago. Yeah, but they have some big conventions where like thousands of people attend. They used to have the big one in Toronto where Morpheus used to run it when we have his book. Yeah. Um, Which has shown you some good times. Yeah, no, it absolutely... And like, I, I'm, a, I'm a quick read. Like, I learn pretty quick, but... It's one of the things like you have to be very, very careful. It's not like you can just grab some rope and just go tie up somebody, like go tie up your partner. Like you got to make sure everything is good. And once again, you can't really be drinking or smoking or anything else like that. Yeah. Because like it can be a very dangerous thing. Yeah. You want to go down your safety checklist. You want to make sure you got the consent. You want to make sure that you cover all your bases and you want to make sure that you have the right rope now what are some of the common types of rope that people use i mean like it's all a matter of preference really like one of the most popular is like a hemp or jute type rope yes uh just because it doesn't slide as much it's got more of a rough grip to it i mean people it feels amazing uh when it's being pulled up against your skin it almost gives you like a like a light burning sensation yeah and i mean but people have used cotton rope, like I mean, you don't want to use like a, a like a paracord, like that's not good. No, no, that will be you don't want to. You don't really want to use. I don't, I don't think like I don't don't quote me on this, but I don't think like nylon is a good one to mm-hmm. use. Uh, like a, a more silky rope is okay. Yeah, you. I've seen it used in a decorative sense, like silks. Um, but it really just depends. Like if you're using suspension, like obviously you're gonna want you want jute because you want like, that heavy duty rope. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's stronger and, and everything else. I mean, but that's like the artistic side. Now you want to get into the more actual like restraint side of things. Yes. 
you know, that's where you're like your cuffs and like your hogtie type things. And it actually like serves a purpose. Like, like just imagine like you have someone tied like with a chest harness and their arms behind their back and you're just, I'm fuck. This is a podcast that I talk about this on fucking and you're bending them over and you're fucking, you got yourself a fucking handle. There's a reason for it, right? Like yes. there's a practical reason for a lot of the rope work and stuff that happens. Yeah. Um, like, like tying someone's legs open instead of closed. Mm-hmm. Tying someone's hands together, you can tie toys. You can. One thing we've been really amped about when we're thinking about another female partner is tying me to another woman, which no, I think it, would be so hot. Yeah, but that, it, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, got you off guard there. <laughs> but, like, you also get into, um, you did catch me off guard. Now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, like, you get into, like, the, the more practical things and, like, the restraining things. And, like I said, oh, like, this is what I was going to say. It's, like, you got a picture done when you had, like, your professional boudoir pictures Yeah, done. I was totally going to bring that up. Um, like, a Hitachi tied to your pussy. Like, it's, like, in an artistic way. Like, the photo looked hot, but it serves a purpose. A lot of these things serve a purpose. Yeah. Some people get off just, like, on the feel of rope being tied. Some Me people get off of on them. being bound. Yes. Being held against your will. Like, these are all things that go into, like, the BDSM world. And like I said, it's so vast. It is. And generally, people who like to get tied, there is uh, a term for them, which is, like, rope bunnies. So, people that like to get tied. And like you said, when I... This is something I don't recommend you doing at all. And when I look back, I broke all the things that we're telling you not to do because I went to Toronto with this guy that I met off at life that I had only really talked to like maybe one time. I went by myself to a warehouse in downtown Toronto to take these BDSM pictures. And while I was there, he restrained me in all these different types of rope. One of them being like the Hitachi on my pussy. He put me in different chest harnesses and everything. And I don't know what kind of fucking balls I had in that situation. I wasn't nervous, like, at all. He didn't... It wasn't inappropriate or anything. She's nervous to hang out with a friend, too. So that's really fucking weird. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm just like, uh, oh, this random guy who's going to tie me up in this warehouse seems legit. Like, I just... Oh, my best friend's coming over? Give me the Jaeger. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, it's a, you should never do that, disclaimer. It worked out okay for me. I got really beautiful pictures out of it. But at the same time, looking back on it, probably a little bit sketchy. Probably don't want to let someone you don't know well ever tie you. Because... No, I mean, unless, like, okay. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that. Like, not necessarily trust, but, like, let's say you're at a convention, yeah, if you're at a convention. If you're at a munch. If you're at, like, an event with yeah. people doing it, like, it's okay to volunteer. Semi-professional people that you get a good sense yeah. of who are going to ask you the questions, are going to ask you what health conditions you have, are going to ask you those things. Yeah. But don't meet a random stranger off the internet and go to their home alone and to be get like, tied and be like, into hey, rope. hey, tie me up. Yeah. <laughs> don't Learn from Krista's mistakes and don't do that. But like, but yeah, definitely like you know, ask the questions. Make sure the questions are being asked. If they don't ask you the question, I mean, like, hey, listen, like, I have this. Like, is it safe to do? Yeah. If they and don't if ask, they, the... and if they can't tell you whether it's safe or not to do, you probably shouldn't trust them to tie you up. Yeah. And if they don't answer questions or they don't ask you questions, red flag. 
You'll find so many red flags in a lot of the topics we're going to discuss today. (laughs) Yeah. So, on the topic, what is your personal favorite method of bondage to act out on a partner? Because you don't like bondage on you. No, I am. I don't like I don't like being tied up. I'm weird. I don't like pain at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even like light smacks in my ass. People do it to me all the time, and I'm just like, hee, 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 hee. But, like, I don't like it. Yeah. I'm like, I'd really rather you not. Uh, but in terms of, like, restraint, like, my favorite kind, I'm very much, like, I love the artistic side. But I'm very much, like, a pleasure dom. So I like the I like the practical uses of it. I like, like, the behind-the-back cuff, you know, like with the or, like, the chest harness with the arms tied. Uh, suspending your legs up high, which I've done before. I love like under bed restraints is another one that's con- that's considered mm-hmm. bondage. Yeah, that's always fun. I mean, I have the fantasies of fucking strapping you to the bed, blindfolding you, and letting friends come over and use you. Like those are big fantasies of mine, and so like those are the ways that I would use bondage to my appetite. Yeah, I can get into the art of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's beautiful, and if I taught myself well enough, I do get a lot of enjoyment. I also enjoy the attention that I get when I do something like that. Yeah. Because I am an attention whore. I like it when people pay attention to me. That's why I'm a loud mouth. Yeah, fair. Like, not, not a loud mouth. I'm like a gossip king, but like I'm a loud mouth. Like, I'm the one that's out there. I'm the one that'll be the first to get naked. I I like all this attention on me, and so when you can put a beautiful piece of art out there... Mm-hmm. That, you gives, that you did that you did it just like it's a, it, it gives it's a feel-good feeling absolutely and not to like you know blow your head up but you are naturally good at it no, just you practice you watch like a youtube video on it once and you're just like okay and then it's like done and you're like oh how about i do this and then you just like did this like amazing harness on me and you just like you naturally are really good at it so i can only imagine where your skills could go if you again commitment is an issue for us <laughs> oh. if you were more committed an to the cause issue is an understatement yeah so we're for- sitting there we're like we're like hmm, do we want to do the bdsm episode or do you want to do this other one that we talked about the other day <laughs> no i was committed to doing this one because she was committed i want to give the people what we said we were going to give them um for me uh i guess my favorite methods of bondage um yeah mine all as i've talked about before i have a big humiliation kink and um i like to be embarrassed so a lot of my favorite methods of bondage would kind of pay tribute to that so definitely like being restrained in a cage um being restrained to the bed uh gags we bought we got this awesome ass gig from this place online but unfortunately the mouthpiece of it so it's like a it's like a cut queen gig and it came with a chastity belt which was also too small that we had to modify which was really disappointing nothing sucks like ordering sex toys online and then them not being what you wanted well the thing that sucks is like in terms of ordering because i still want to order a chastity belt like a good one like the one that has like the metal on it that covers the pussy and everything Mm -hmm. else like they're like, oh, well, like, do sizes this way. I'm like, I'm not a fucking tailor. Like, I don't know how to do this. 
I tried to get a fucking ring the other day, and so I spent like an hour and a half trying to figure out my fucking ring size, and I still ordered it too big. Yeah. So anyway, back on the topic. Sorry. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, yeah, we bought this gag, and it was supposed to be almost like a flashlight that went on to a mouth gag, so like you would wear it like a flashlight on your mouth, and then... Your top would uh, fuck your mouth and like almost like it was like a pussy. But the mouthpiece is fucking huge. Like I open my mouth as wide as it possibly can to the point where it's sore and my teeth still can't grasp how wide this mouthpiece is. I think this mouth like is it made for horses? Like what the fuck? So that was really disappointing. But I... You know, I really want to get into stuff like that. I really think gags are sexy. Any kind of tool that can be used for my humiliation and demise, I guess. Oh, is I love it. What I'm into, which is a good segue into the next one. So we've got the B covered. Now we're gonna go to the the D. D. The D. The D. We both love the D. We do. Uh, So the D once again it stands for. Dom- uh, discipline or excuse me domination um there's a million different dynamics that you can go with on this one ours being one of them yes we definitely have a discipline and domination yes dynamic, dynamic. like jinx <laughs> so many d's <laughs> um and once again sorry like there is a bunch of different ones ours personally is master slave right uh but there's also ones like dom, you just have standard dom sub, and we'll kind of get into the difference between like what a master slave and a dom sub is. Uh, I think we kind of have gone into this a little bit on a previous episode. Yeah, but we'll reiterate a little bit. Uh, then you have like your your DDLG, your daddy dom, baby girl. Uh, you have like owner kitten and more, and, and like and just. Anything you can think of. like, And you could take all of those and reverse them because not only men, we are an equal opportunity world, not only men or people that identify as males can be tops. There's women who can be tops, so there can be mommy, son, mistress, slave, however yeah, you want to no, spin I mean, it. It's not gender specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can have a master slave where it's male and male. You can have a mistress slave that's female and female. Yes. A female can be a dom just as much as a male can be a dom. I think it's important for people to understand. Like, I mean, when you think of a female dom, like, you instantly think of, like, a leather-clad fucking dominatrix. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not always so. Like, the thing is, it's it's like, the people personify, and they have these images and these these visualizations in their head of, like... This is what a dominant looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, a dominant is like to a female, a dominant is one who dresses in a suit and looks very business and professional and da da da. Or they wear just like a fucking leather suit. Mm-hmm. And it definitely isn't that way. <laughs> no, I'm casual as fuck. I'm wearing a Hufflepuff sweater right now. and i was gonna say my work uh i did some sex work and i worked as a professional dom for a little bit and she didn't wear leather i didn't wear leather and i took more of a mommy approach so i wore 
I wore a lot of like sweet, innocent dresses and personified my femininity. Um, and I had a lot of ABDL clients and cuckolding clients. That was mainly my expertise and where I felt comfortable as a professional dom because there's lots of really heavy duty things. And like we talked about rope, you know, you can't just cock torture somebody and not know anything about it you can't just bull bust somebody and not know anything about it these are things that specific people are going to have specific knowledge and specific practice about and there are very serious ramifications for some of the activities involved but at the same time like you can get like you, you can go up and meet up with a dominatrix or a dom or or a dom or, or anything like that just just kind of like out of the blue and random and like they don't have to be the most experienced because a lot of them are uneducated. They are going to be. And the only way to really educate yourself is to get real world experience and things. Absolutely. And, and so, like, being able to talk. So, like, don't be shy to go and meet up with someone who says they're a dominant. As long as they're being respectful. Yeah, but, mm, like, on the opposite end of that, I think if you're paying for sex work and you are paying for okay, a service. if you're paying for it, it's a different fucking yeah, story altogether. If you're paying for the service... And you're just, you know, browsing a website looking for that. And somebody says, like, dominant woman. But, you know, in their profile or in their specs, it really doesn't lead you much more than that. I don't know. Be weary. Look for the types of languages. And by then, if you're already seeking out someone for, like, a specific type of kink, you probably know a lot about that kink. No, so absolutely. you're going to want to look for that specific language in those advertisements that will suit your needs. And you don't want it. I don't want anybody to waste money. I don't want anybody to get hurt. So definitely know what you're getting into before you're getting into it. No, there's always that that consent to things, right? Like, mm -hmm. make sure, like, don't go meet up some fucking stranger you just start talking to today and expect him to tie you up and beat you and do whatever else. No, like there, there, there's lines to it, but like, open up the line of communication, get coffee with them, see what it's like. I'm not saying jump into their room and like their dungeon or whatever and let them do what they want to you. No. But give yourself the opportunity to explore that. No, and for you gotta, sure. And, but, like, but if you're paying for it, 100%, like have it all fucking lined up. Yeah. Like, like write it fucking down. Like know what you have to ask. And you can find so many resources online of like what to look for if you're into this kind of kink. Like there's mm -hmm. different contracts, there's different stipulations, there's different rules. It's all out there for you to find if you're willing to go look for it. But yeah, like obviously take care of yourself and be safe. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is like don't close yourself off to like, oh, I can't talk to this person if they're a new dom. No, absolutely. Or if... You know, you, you already have a partner and they go, hey, like, I want to maybe try to top you or try to dom you. Would you be into that? And if you think you might be, explore it by all means, because that's the only way you're right, that you are going to learn how to know. But at the same time, just if you're looking for more of a specific experience, I do stress, look for someone with an education Look for somebody who maybe makes you sign a waiver, who maybe sends you a questionnaire to get a better feel about who you are and what you're into, and who goes about it in an ethical way. No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, like, you gotta take care of yourself, number one. Mm -hmm. And this goes for anybody, male, female, whoever. Take care of yourself. Like, know the situations you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. And there are professional doms, city, or doms, professional doms and dominance um who work out of dungeons and cities all over 
like Ontario. There's lots of dungeons in Toronto that if this was your kind of thing that you wanted to explore, you could go there and you would probably be met with more knowledgeable people. No, absolutely. You'd be met with more knowledgeable people. Uh, you'd be met with, um, oh, there's a word I was looking for and now I lost it. Mentor? Mentor, yeah. Yeah. You can find, like, if, if, let's say you are a dominant, but, like, you're a rookie dominant. Like, I mean, I, I still consider myself a rookie dominant in mm-hmm. ways. There's a lot I can still learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me humbling myself a little bit because I'm a pretty arrogant person. But, you know, like... There's always so much to learn. So find yourself a mentor. Like if you're new in it or you're inexperienced, like find yourself someone who's been doing it for 15, 20 years. And 90% of the time, they are more than happy to answer your questions, help you out, teach you how to be a good dominant. Yes. And like you'll find it all the time, like browsing Fet Life and everything else. And like, but the thing is, is you got to put yourself out there. You do. And you gotta if, get places. Like yeah. you gotta go out. <laughs> exactly. You gotta attend. There's things called munches. You gotta attend events. You gotta get to know. You have to let people get to know you in like a real life setting. You can't just like message someone and be like, "Be my mentor." I mean, sometimes that will work, but I think a, someone who you want to be your mentor would never just be like, "Oh, okay." They would want to know, okay, if I'm mentoring you and I'm putting my stamp of approval on you, like you gotta show me that you're worth. No, me absolutely. mentoring you. Well, it's the same as if like you recommend somebody for a job, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want them to fuck up. Absolutely. Because it looks bad on you. Yeah. If someone's gonna mentor you, they don't want you to go and start fucking shit up and giving the BDSM world a bad name. Mm-hmm. Because the people that have been doing it for forever are so passionate about this type of lifestyle. Yes. That it angers them to see somebody put it in a negative light. Absolutely. It's a very serious thing, much as the lifestyle is, much as any subculture is. There are masters of the trade. (laughs) Find you a Jedi master. And I guess so, like we talked about what would be the difference between a master and a slave and a dom and a sub. And speaking of this, when I think a master for somebody to call themselves a master, I think that they've had to be pretty invested in kink for numerous years. They've had to be aware of different dynamics, different studies, different methods. Um, and they should probably, their slave, they should probably have a very good relationship with, a very solid relationship, a very concrete relationship. A big red flag that they tell you all the time if you're on Fat Life or if you're looking for a dominant, if somebody just says, like, call me master right away. That's a little bit sketch. No, the, the the term, the title, master or sir or uh, daddy, daddy, or like those are all terms that are earned. Mm-hmm. Like you have to earn that trust. You have to earn that right mm-hmm. to control their lives. Like the difference between a master slave is like so. In our dynamic, hypothetically, as a master slave, Krista mm-hmm. has no actual rights. Does date back to like actual slavehood, mm-hmm. which I don't condone. This is consensual, yes, slavehood for her. But like a slave doesn't have rights, right? Uh, as, like, and ma- the master makes the decisions. The master chooses where we go, chooses what she wears, chooses how she behaves. The master gets to do, in in our dynamic. The master gets to do whatever he wants, whether it's with another woman or another man, or if he wants her to be with another man. These things all flow into that dynamic. 
Right. Where a dominant and submissive relationship, I guess it's, it's it's just as extreme, but it's less extreme at the same time. Yes. I like, feel... The submissive has rights and everything, but the submissive will have rules. She will have, you know, things that she has to do. She will submit to her partner, but she still has the free will to make her own decisions. Yes. She still has a lot of rights. And I don't know, this isn't like a hard and fast thing, but typically what I've seen over the last 12 years that I've been doing this is that master-slave typically tends to be more of a 24-7 dynamic where dom-sub is maybe only in the bedroom, maybe, you know, maybe a dom-sub, someone just has a dom, and, like, that's just what they see that person for, and they're, like, married or something, you know what I mean? Or it's an outside, it's a type of play. It can be a type of play. It can be a 24-7 dynamic for sure, whatever. Again, we're going to stress make your own dynamic use the terms that you want to there's no true way no there isn't because like there's some dynamic situations where it's dom sub where you do get into like the professional side of things yeah right where you have your professional dom and so you have the sub that comes to see uh this is the one that's kind of glorified in hollywood is a dominatrix and like some big heavy ceo yeah you know who comes and sees the dominatrix, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, etc. You know, comes in and gets that that relief, that 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 stress off of them or whatever. That relief, you know, that and, and so it's it's not necessarily always like within the bounds of a full time relationship. No, I mean it can get even more complicated when you get into like more polyish relate polyish relationships and yes, stuff like that. And because a master or dominant can have. Multiple Mul- subs. M- multiple subs, multiple slaves. Yeah. A harem, even. Yeah. There's a, there's someone on FetLife that, that uh, I don't want to name names, but, like, he's he's this guy, and he's got, like, four slaves. Yeah. They all adopt his name in the community. You know, they all live, I think they all live with him. Yeah, he has a separate home for them. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it can become that serious for some people, and. It's always been, like, really cool for me to look at. It's never been my thing. I would love, like, to have, like, a slave for a day kind of thing. Like, an extra slave for a, a more day. more sub. I, not a slave. Not, yeah, not a slave, but, like, slut. more like more sub. Like, but, but we always use the term, like, sister slut, sister yeah. slave. In a scene. hm You know, the only 24-7 relationship I have is with you. Yes. And, and the only Christ, 24-7 like, relationship I have is with you. As it should be. And although we say that we're in a master-slave thing, this is, again, this is going to show you exactly we make it work for you. Our our dynamic is much more master-slave. However, I do call you daddy, which is more DDLG. But our dynamic isn't really DDLG. It's not. And so she uh, actually kind of goes outside of... The relationship a little bit. Well, likes to think that, I guess. I don't know the, the way I'm trying to say it. But, like, I'm not... I, I'm a nurturing person. Yeah. But I'm much more degrading. I'm much more stern. I'm much more strict. Like, I am I love you and I take care of you. I cuddle you and everything. I fucking suck at aftercare. <laughs> yes, which is a big part. Which is, like, the huge... Like, the biggest part of the whole, like, daddy dom baby yeah. girl we will we will get into that as we're finishing this thought but yeah sometimes i seek out more of a nurturing from other dynamics with other people well not dynamics but other 
situations, I guess I'm going to say. Other situations, potential yeah. partner, whatever you want. Like, however, yeah. wherever it actually it ends up leading to. Yeah. And, you know, because there is always going to be that desire to be fulfilled in that way that you want to be fulfilled in. Right. And in our life and in the way that we look at it is it's okay to seek that from outside of the actual relationship as long as you have the consent from your partner. Absolutely. So going on that note, a big part of um, like if you say you're considering um, like all this sounds really interesting to you right now. You're like, fuck yeah. Like how do I get involved, Bobby and Krista? Like where do I start? I guess a good place to start would be. This is going to be Fat Life. Yes. Like Fat Life is. Fat Life can be really confusing to navigate at first. Mm-hmm. It can still be confusing even if you've been using it for years. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to seeing the different dynamics that are out there resources resources writing, writings like events you know it's not just porn online it's not just amateur porn that you're seeing like it's it is really really a great platform for learning things in the bdsm and fetish world it's a kinky facebook and it's not necessarily meant as a hookup site but you can network and be connected with people who can provide you this kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a couple lesser known uh, BDSM sites that are more hookup. Like there used to be Caller Space. I don't even know if it's still. There used to be one called Caller Me. Yeah. Caller Me, Caller Space. There's Motherless, which is a much more intense version of Fat Life. Like Fat Life could be intense to the newly person. I wouldn't advise if you're new. <laughs> To look on Motherless, because there are some really extreme kinks that Fet Life wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole that they touch over there. That's fair. But, so that's a good starting point, is getting out there, kind of just exploring what you think you would be into. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have no clue, like, I mean, you probably have your ideas of what, like, mm, that sounds kind of hot. Like, I wonder, am I weird for liking that? One, you're going to go to this place, and you're going to be like, wow, I'm not fucking weird at all. Like, so many people are into this. Mm-hmm. You know, and... You go from there, but another way, and you'll find out about these through Fat Life, is finding munches, like a local munch, mm-hmm. which is a good way. It's kind of, it's a meet and greet, you know, like you go in and you meet these people that are into like the same thing as you. You find people that you can talk to that have similar interests and be like, what's your experience like? And you can learn from them. And from that point on, you're kind of getting yourself out there. You know, people are starting to know who you are. They're going to realize that you're real. Mm -hmm. like that's a problem with a lot of social platforms is you got to deal with a lot of fakes a lot of flakes a lot of picture collectors yeah but that's everything that is everything so say you go on there you find somebody that matches what you want you match what they want you decide okay i'm gonna move countries I'm going to move countries. No, you decide we're going to meet up. We're going to meet for coffee. We're going to start talking about. So this is what I would call the negotiation phase, which means you know the dynamic that you prefer. They know the dynamic they prefer. It's going to work. You've mainly discussed what you're looking for. If you're looking for master, if you're looking for a sub, whatever, a mommy, a daddy, whatever. So you're going to meet up with them. And then from there, you're going to negotiate back and forth what your boundaries are, 
what your hard limits are, what your soft limits are. Where you can be pushed. Where you can be pushed. Uh, Now would be the time to maybe, you know, open up about maybe some traumas that you have and some things that could bring up trauma. Your pain level would be a good thing to discuss. You really want to look at a variety of kinks and you want to ask each other, okay, how do you feel about this kink? Would you like it if I did that? Would you, do you not know? And it's okay not to know. And don't do this over one coffee date. No. Me and Krista, when... So, we have a tendency to go super, super heavy into something. Yeah. Jump in feet first. Jump in feet first. But then we have to be like, whoa. And we take... <laughs> something will happen in our life. And we'll be like, okay, we really got to take a step back. Yes. And so, everything kind of comes to a halt. And we will spend, when it comes time to getting back into our dynamic space, we will spend three days sometimes... Just kind of throughout the day, just being like, okay, are you okay with this? Like, what do you think of this as a rule? Mm-hmm. How about this for a task? Do mm-hmm. you think you can accomplish this task or am I asking too much? Like, there is a, a don't, so don't like think, feel like you have to get it all done at one time. Yeah. Think it out. It's a very, very important thing to think it out and make sure you set these boundaries and these rules and these things very firmly. Yes. And S types. This this time period is your time to really speak up. This is when you're allowed, you're encouraged, you should use your voice. Don't let somebody say, these are what your hard limits are going to be. This is what your boundaries are. No, 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 no. You speak for you, you be independent, and you communicate that to them. And then together, it's commonplace. You're going to form a contract or something written down where it's going to list your hard limits, your soft limits, your rules, kinks that are allowed, kinks that aren't, what your tasks are. Your punishments. What your punishments are going to be. There's even an app out now. No, there is. It's, it's really cool, actually. We were used it for a while. But, yeah. Uh, but like, you're going to list all these things. These are things that need to be discussed if you're going to go down that road. Because mm-hmm. it, it it's fucking serious it is very serious and then so once you've agreed to that contract then sometimes there's something official called the collaring ceremony which is always so much fun yeah which is when and not always not always is this but this is this can be an aspect and it's a ritual that's heavily weighted in gold in a lot of circles um where your d-type or your master or your dominant or your daddy will present you with a collar or maybe a different kind of piece of jewelry. Yeah. And um, essentially, you're wearing that as a signifier that you are now owned by them. And whenever you put it on daily or even there's like an infinity one where you don't even take it off, that's a reminder of the commitment that you are making to this person and... You know, if you're struggling one day and like one day you just like you're not feeling it and you don't want to do your tasks, you don't want to do those things. It's a good visual reminder to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, like I gave this to this person. This is what I want. This is what I desire. It's like a swearing in, right? Like I swore to do this. I swore to uphold my end of this bargain. Yeah, it's a visual reminder. But as a dominant, too, you have to make sure that you uphold your side of things. Absolutely. You can't just be demanding things from someone and not not be getting anything back in return. You need to make sure that you're being consistent. You need to make sure that you're holding things up. You can't spank your sub if, you know, you're not holding your end of the bargain. And so much of that 
like is there's a lot of different rules and stuff that go into dominant that we'll get into maybe on like a deeper level. Yeah, we'll we'll get into more like we can do an entire episode on contract signings and, yeah. and collarings. Uh, one other quick thing uh, with that type of dynamic is CNC. Yes, CNC is. So what CNC stands for is consensual non-consent. So they're giving you consent to do stuff to them without consent from them. To take them whenever you want. To Mm -hmm. uh, make uh, free use slut is like the new popular trend and term going on right now. You know, like to just do whatever you want to them. Yes, and it's very controversial. You will have some in the community that say it's fucking wrong. It's it's like it's not a good thing. It shouldn't be allowed. You'll have some people that will say it is allowed, that it should be okay, that ultimately it is consent. But that's one of those things where I'm going to plead the fifth and I'm going to say do what's right for you. Yeah, I, I think like if it's not something you're okay with, don't do it. If it's something yeah. that you're into, then say, all right, cool. But know the implications, research it, and if you sign up for that, know the risks involved, is yeah, what I'm no, really going to say. Yeah, CNC is, it's the most common, <clears throat> excuse me, talked about new fetish these, this day and age. Yeah. It's very, it's been, a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. It's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but like right now it's really like ramping up. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot more about it lately than I have in the past. Yeah, everything, but it is probably one of the most serious things. Yeah, like out there because it's consensual rape is what it's becoming. Yeah, I mean that's what people think of when you think of consensual non consent. Yeah. Is they, they think, think like consensual rape. It goes way beyond that. It can it be does. a million things. Like it could be like with my wife. Like I can just be like, okay, cool. Like you're doing dishes. I'm gonna fuck you while you do that. And, like you. Free like, use. Free use. Like, it, that's like, it could be that way. That's how we look at it. That's how we are. Like, for us, it's not a rape fantasy. There's not ever, like, my wife is so horny. There's never, like, a fight to fuck her. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm like, hey, I want to give you the dick, she's like, okay. <laughs> like, there's not, like, a, I have to, like, pin her down. No, but there is a lot of women who have that fantasy of, like, a strange man. Picking oh them yeah, up I mean, strange... I know people that have done that, that have gone, yeah. that had, that have done the hotel role play. You know, yeah, they meet in the hotel bar, be like, "Oh hi, my name's Joe," and she'd be like, "Oh, my name's Bessie." I don't no, know but I, I mean, like, literally name. meeting strangers. Okay, I've seen fair. on Fat Life, like, literally women putting their address, like, semi dangerous shit, and inviting that, and but that's. that's Again, controversial. I'm not going to king shame it. I'm not going to say my personal opinion on it because I feel like on this platform we should remain fairly objective. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But these things are real. There are women who fantasize that or men who fantasize that. And I'm just going to trust that they know what's right for them. And I hope that it would be a safe, sane okay thing for them and they would never get hurt no i i hope that for them as well i just i i'm not one to king shame somebody obviously some things are not my jam like some things i would never think of and but if it's legal what they're doing mm-hmm. i really can't say but then again that's the complicated thing because i've seen it's a, court it's, cases go live 
about this where the guy has said, no, no, she said this is what you wanted. And then the woman takes it back. And so you are playing, you're playing legal with, fire. You're playing with fire. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's a little bit of advice. If you're into that thing, mm-hmm. you need written consent that it is a consensual non-consent. So it cannot come back and bite you. Yes. Like, if she gives her address, you say, hey, I'm coming over. This is what you posted. Keep a picture of the post. Whatever. You need some written evidence that you didn't just go over and rape that person. Yes. And if you're thinking about if it's not you're the one who's fulfilling the fantasy, then, yeah, you need to think of your rights. And you need to think about, like, ethically, too. Like, maybe you email them a picture of your driver's license so they can have that on hand so that you know you're going into this ethically and everything's going to be followed. You really want to make sure you're doing it as ethically as possible on both ends. Yeah, just be safe. Like, don't Yeah. only do what you're comfortable with. Okay, wet your whistle. I'm going to go to the next one. Okay, my whistle my whistle is wetted. Okay, so we got the B, we got the D, and now we're on the S. So the S stands for sadism. And what is a sadist, you might ask? It is a person who derives pleasure, especially sexual gratification, from inflicting pain or humiliation on others. So Bobby is a sadist. <gasps> Gosh. <laughs> However, a lot of people, when they think sadist, they think beat the living fuck out of someone. And no, that's, they, they, that's the sadism they have in their mind. But there are actually two types. There's more of a mental sadist and then more of the physical sadist. So I yeah. will leave that to tell. What what are you? I, I'm a mental sadist. I Being a control and pleasure dom, too, like I like to fuck with people's heads. I like to manipulate that way. Mm-hmm. I like to control. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. Right. It's consensual always. Yes. But that's what I like. I also, I love mentally torturing you. Mm-hmm. I wish I could find someone who could be fucking mean to you who would do it with me. Yeah. But I love to humiliate you. I love to say things to you. I love to tell you, yeah, I'm going to find another girl and I'm never going to fuck you again. Oh. I'm only going to make you watch oh. or listen or whatever. And I love hearing that. <laughs> so, like, that is kind of the realms. And then, the, like, you get other people that will just do things to kind of fuck with you. People that will mix, like, the physical and the mental sadism together. Mm-hmm. And you like a little bit of pain. Because for those who don't know, one daddy thing that Bobby does do is he <laughs> brushes my hair. And you definitely get a boner sometimes when I'm like, ah. When you're like hitting a lot of knots, or when you spank me, there is oh. a there is like a pain sadism that you have, mild, not as extreme as some other people we know, but it's there. Yeah, it's but there. like I like to mix the two, right? Like right. I like to make you think you're getting it, you know. And I've heard stories of other people. I mean, there's other twisted ways of sadists to kind of get their pleasure mentally or physically that they want. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely much more of a mental sadist. Yeah, so... Making you cry. Oh. 
<laughs> There's a fetish for that. Like, I think it's like dracophilia. Don't quote me. That's an episode we're also going to do is like yeah. a philia episode because yeah. like I'm a narratophilia. Yeah. And I have a paraphilia and a couple other philias. So like that's an episode we're going to do later. So yeah, we'll, go- we'll get into that another time. Yeah. But Tears is definitely a hard king for a lot of people that I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, whether it's whether it's Tears from, like, a mental simulation, like, making them cry because you said something mean. Yeah. And or boy- told them no. <laughs> or gag Tears. Yeah. Like, there's always, this, there's always this saying, like, in 2023, like, or make her... Oh, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> that should have been our that intro. That should have been our intro. Fuck! Why don't we think of that? <laughs> Missed opportunity. Right? Um, but, like, there's, there, there's, other, there's other ones, right? And... But but for me, nothing does it more than than the mental side of things. Yeah, I like and using my brain. I'm a smart person, so lucky for you, you married a total crybaby. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> I will give you all the tears that you request. So, one final thing that I thought was important to discuss on sadism is: Do you think that there is a level that sadism crosses a line? This goes hand in hand with the C and C talk that we just had. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very gray line. Uh, I find that. I mean, I have discussions with people that are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they fucking did that!" Like, I walked in this place and I thought someone was getting murdered, or I thought this was this. I you've think walked into a situation. We've walked like into a situation that, yeah. like that, and like I, it, it's, it to me, it can look fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I think as long as there is a consensuality to it and it is legal, it is legal if someone says hit me to hit them. Mm-hmm. Like in like that kind of way, I, I believe so. I, I'm not a fucking lawyer, but you know, if it is legal, it is not legal to kill somebody and then fuck them. So there are lines to sadism. Yes. Like, like snuff is, stuff is where you kill somebody, right? Snuff is like simulated extreme violence. So, like I was telling you about that motherless site. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's there's there. It's it's not all, but they do have snuff like material. Snuff like simulated like girls getting shot in the head with an arrow, or car crashes of like real victims and stuff. Yeah, like I mean, that's- I'm talking extreme sadism and see this is like we sort of when we're going is that considered sadism though to watch something like that or i think so i think so i think you'd kind of have to be a sadist to jerk off to something like no i i mean like because you're literally watching somebody but but that's not a sadism thing that is that because you're not controlling that you're not doing that beating you're just you're just watching it so i don't think i mean i'm not condoning that behavior mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not trying to glorify it obviously it's not my kink yeah it, it's, it's not mine i'm not gonna kink shame someone who i mean because i refuse to kink shame people kink shame people right as long as it's a legal thing if you're doing something illegal then yeah i'm gonna kink shame you yeah i'm sorry right there are lines that need to be drawn in our world there are like i understand there's extreme things that people get off on and people need. I don't know why people need these things. I don't know why serial killers have the tendencies that they do. I don't know 
these things. So it is a major gray area between like kink shaming and like when sadism goes too far. Yeah. And so for me, I've studied a lot of psychology in school. And I guess to me, I'm not going to shame it, but I'm going to think that somebody who does get off on those things does need serious psychological help. And that is the line between oftentimes before someone does commit a violent act, these are the kinds of materials that they're consuming. And it's a last-ditch effort. And I find it, you know, if you are attracted to those kinds of things, I'm not saying you're going to be a fucking serial killer or something, but that is very towing the line, in my opinion. And from a psychological standpoint, there's definitely obviously some serious sexual deviancy happening and i am concerned and you know that i i've had an ex-boyfriend no, that you, i you, found out was consuming things like this yeah and, and, and you're concerned you no, I, you I, think I, it too no i clearly am concerned i i'm trying to, to word this like to where it doesn't sound like i'm for snuff type things yeah because i'm not no, I know you're not. I, I, cl- I clearly am like against it, but I I try to remain like a very understanding type person, and so I try to more or less like instead of shaming them, I just want to understand why, like what's their reason for it, what makes them into it, because for people that generally have more of a serious kink mm-hmm. or a serious fetish, there there's a trauma or there's an instance or there's something that sparked it at a young age. Absolutely. 90, or I don't want to say 90, I'll say 80% of fetishes and kinks stem from something that happened in their childhood. I'd go as far as to say almost 100. And that's what we're taught in um, human sexuality courses of psychology. So I I think I'm more along the lines of, sorry, this podcast just got very, very dark for a moment, but I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And, but I would want to understand, like, okay, why? Like, I'm not, I don't want you to do it. I don't want, uh, think it. Yeah. Think it. Don't do it. Don't, don't act on it. And if you are having those thoughts, you know, share it with somebody. Because they can hurt somebody. That's the thing that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. Is it could turn into an actual non-consensual thing and that's where my concern is too and that is where you know there i won't sit here and say that there isn't an argument that says that this material should be allowed because it gives these people an outlet to consume it without ever hurting anybody to do it and i but there's there's a counter argument to that as well because there's the people that you see something if i watch a porno of a guy getting a blowjob from three women i'm gonna fantasize and i'm gonna want to go out and get a blowjob from three women Mm -hmm. and they definitely have done studies where like porn is getting more and more and more and more extreme because we're being exposed to more things and certain people are more they have a tendency to get bored with the vanilla stuff easier than others and go down a heavier, darker road. Yeah. So there, there are conversations more that we can go on with this. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to be dark and twisted for so for too long because we generally try to keep things light, but we do have to talk about the serious things at times. And I think when people think BDSM, there are a lot of vanilla people or people who don't understand that think that. 
Oh yeah, there, there's people that are like, oh, like you're into bondage, so you like like beating people. Yeah, or, and or like, you want to fucking kill someone, you weirdo. Like, no, no, <laughs> not at all. I just want to be put into a dog cage and have my boyfriend fuck somebody in front of me. Like, <laughs> exactly. <my> God, <laughs> I'm not weird. You're weird. <laughs> but but to segue into that, the other side of that, which is which is the M. Yep, the, the final. Ma- the final part of BDSM is the masochism side, which is basically the opposite of the sadist like you're the one to receive pleasure through pain through humiliation through mental stimulation that way like like that is the way that you get sexual gratification that's what i am that's what you are you are you are into humiliation less pain Mm -hmm. you are more into the humiliation if i can make you feel jealous and i can make you feel upset through let's say a cock queen thing that's going to turn you on so much more. Yes. And I like to edge you with that all day. Yes. So do I. I and, but like, th- there's same with, pardon me, same with the sadism part. There's mental masochism and there's physical. Yes. There are some people who like a physical. Beat down. We got those pain sluts. Shout out to them who enjoy impact play, which is going to have to be its whole separate issue on itself because impact play comes with a whole bunch of different tools, paddles, whips, chains, rules, drops, (laughs) ties. Like there, there's a lot that goes. We're just gonna graze on it, especially because we're already over time. But we're just gonna graze on that. We will go further deep into that one. But yes, there are people who like impact play, who like the physical part of it, who feel a great release through pain. Through pain, no, and, and a it's, therapeutic release. No, pain. absolutely. Like it's funny. Like sex is therapy. It is sexual. Like the release you get from sex when whether you bust or you don't, the adrenaline that you spend, the endorphins that keep going, it is a therapeutic release to the body. Now, for people who are the quote unquote pain sluts and everything, they will enter a tame a term. And I know someone who like goes into like a crazy sub frenzy to where like she doesn't feel anything. Yeah. She doesn't react. It doesn't matter how hard she's getting hit. Mm-hmm. So it's very important if you are a dominant in these situations or you yeah. are the sadist to understand that they don't have a limit, or at least they won't be able to tell you what their limit is. After you've hit them a couple times. Yeah. So what sub frenzy really means is a state of mind that's almost like a higher level unlocked where you are willing and it's not just physical, mental too, because that happens to me. It You are like willing to like take all the beatings or you're just... You're going to say the most fucked up shit. You're going to want the most mentally fucked up shit that maybe isn't good for you. Or maybe you're not ready to take. But you are just so... You've worked yourself into a frenzy. You're so excited. Your endorphins are rushing so high. You've got this rush of dopamine. And you are just on one cloud nine. You're flying fucking high. And you are unable to regulate your emotions and bring yourself back down for that, that period of time. But when it's over, when it's over, you have what is the opposite end of the spectrum, which you would call a a sub drop, which is the scene is over or the play is over. You know, play could be a short amount of time. Play could be a long amount of time. 
and you're coming down from all that play all your endorphins are now suddenly like you know almost instantly stopped it's not just like a you know aftercare is important to kind of ease the transition but there really is no easing of the transition it's like you're flying fucking high the play is over the scene is over and then you're gonna get that drop and when you're feeling that drop people feel the drop differently some people feel sick some people can't talk some people shake some people their body goes into a physical state of shock like they would and they need blankets they feel cold they go into a, they a shiver full-blown subspace yeah they, they cry an, um an important thing sorry i don't mean to interrupt like with subspace is when someone is in subspace mm-hmm. if you were not part of the scene do not approach them yes do not bother them don't comfort them let the let the dominant yes do that or let the person's partner yes do the comforting do not under any circumstances approach or try to interact someone who is in a state of sub drop or subspace yes trust the process that they're gonna go through because the first couple times it's really scary but it's still scary every time but then after a while you're like oh okay here's that feeling here's this is how this is what i need and you learn to communicate okay this felt good this didn't feel good i liked when you did this during aftercare i didn't like it this i need aftercare right after or i'm okay for a little while but i need aftercare at this time so you can communicate that to your top your dom your master whoever the person is that your sadist whoever is inflicting the pain and then the aftercare like i said is meant to transition you more smoothly maybe you want lots of hugs and kisses lots of people a good way to start is a drink of fucking water and like a piece of chocolate or an aspirin yeah or an aspirin or well depending on impact play it might not be appropriate to take aspirin because of clotting issues and everything else might not be a good see this is yeah. why you're smarter than i am because <laughs> i didn't think of that like, like, like i said there's so because i'm not an impact dom so there's so much to learn yes right uh, the, to, to go along with it and like you get into like with the people that love to be on like the saint andrew's cross and like once again this is all more stuff that we'll dwell into uh on another episode yeah um i think that pretty much sums up our cliff notes yeah i think there's it was so we went over, but it was so hard to fit everything I wanted to say. And even, I think that's, even in the cliff notes, it's really hard to fit everything you want to say. So sorry we went a little bit over. I don't think you guys are gonna care. It's not like we're licensed or anything. So No, and I felt like we kind of put this one off because we knew it was gonna be so hard to it's like It's gonna be heavy and like we try to remain like light and fluffy and funny and like we want you to have a good time while you listen, but at the same time we're here to help. Yeah. Like, we're not educators, and and I'll be the first to say this. We're not politically correct. Like, I'm not going to say the right things all the time. What I am what I say is my opinion of things. And we're speaking on our experiences. On our experiences, or experiences that people have spoken to us about, because I can't give an experience as, like, an, uh, an impact submissive or a pain slut or anything. So, there's a lot, and so it, it's something that, w- I mean, luckily for us, we picked a topic to do our podcast on that is so vast- Mm-hmm. that there's always something to talk about yes and, and and we're blessed to have the ability to talk about it 
Yeah, and we're blessed to have some, like, I think for some of these topics, if we're not super familiar, we've had people offer to come on and share their experiences, which I'm really... I just gotta I'm figure really, out how to do that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> really looking forward to having some different voices on, because there are just some voices that we can't talk about, but... Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I think the next episode... Oh, the next episode is going to be a lot more... I mean, it'll have some serious moments. We're going like, to spill some tea. We're going to spill some tea. No names. No names. Never names. Yeah. You know, but we're going to talk about, like, what to do or give experiences or or recollections or whatever on what happens when play goes bad. Yeah. Play, dynamics... Everything. BLS. <laughs> like, there's so many things. Like, and there are so, so many things we've done very badly at. <laughs> oh, there's things that we've done badly at, we've yeah. done wrong. And so I think that'll be a really good episode for our, our next one, which we'll hopefully going to try to get too soon. Like, once again, I'm not going to make guarantees on when this is going to come out, when the next one's going to come out, but we're yeah. really trying. Uh, another thing that I want to ask is if you've made it this far through... If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about, anything that you think would help yeah, make our podcast better, would help make it more enjoyable or anything, we are always, always, op- always open to criticism. And feedback. Like, we want feedback. Like, but send please it to Krista mess- because I'm sensitive. So. Please message us Krista. about your feedback. Please message me about, our feed- <laughs> about your feedback about this episode or any of our episodes. I want to hear it. I want to get better. I want to improve my game. I want to reach the next level. Yeah, tell us where we were wrong. Tell us where we were right. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Good to talk to you again. And see you later, alligator. We'll see you soon.